Women Taking the Lead, Episode 53. You have to look at the bigger picture. And even though it looks great on paper up front, if something inside of you is saying this isn't the right fit, you need to listen to yourself. You really have the answers internally. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Joanne Bartlett, who is a strengths strategy coach and a director of marketing. Her passion is helping people understand and apply their innate gifts so they experience more authentic, fulfilled lives. Joanne has crafted a life and career aligned with her strengths, and she enjoys helping others navigate the challenges of their professional and personal lives more effectively. She is also the creator of Igniting Teen Strengths, a program designed for teens and their parents to identify and utilize their talents. Oh, that is awesome, Joanne. And it's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Thank you, Jody, And thank you for the opportunity to be on the podcast today. I'm excited to spend time with you and your listeners. Um, so let me share a little bit about my background. I actually was raised in a blue-collar family in a town of about 50,000 people. I went to a mid-sized university about an hour from my hometown with the idea I wanted to be a high school counselor. And as I went through my college career, like so many other people, I changed my majors um, and I managed to graduate in four years, basically by working and taking classes a lot of my summers. Um, shortly after graduation, I ended up getting a job with Ford Motor Company and I worked for the company for about 15 years. And during that time, I worked in 12 different positions in a variety of sales and marketing roles in a variety of places across the country. And I recall one of my biggest personal challenges was moving to a city where I didn't know a single person and just building a life there. And I was offered an opportunity to do some of my management rotations in the Kansas City region. So I, I basically packed up my belongings and sold my condo in Seattle and moved to KC. And it ended up being a great career opportunity for me. And after some great rotations in Detroit, working on Super Duty brand team and national direct mail campaigns, I came to the point where I thought if I don't leave soon, I never would. And I really wanted to explore other industries. So I ended up leaving Ford and I've had three different director of marketing roles for very different companies, different sizes, different industries and different challenges associated with them. I ended up getting my MBA from Rockhurst University on a very slow uh, program where I took two classes almost every semester and I ended up having my two kiddos in there. So it took me a while to get my MBA, but you know, it's all about finishing and taking a small step forward in that process. 
And now I'm a certified strength strategy coach, and I really love helping people discover and apply their strengths. I really believe that we can have very authentic, successful lives aligned with what we do best. And um, I'll share more of my journey as we talk today, but I'm pleased to say I'm I'm living in a city I want to be in. I'm working with people I really enjoy working with. I'm in a job that offers me some flexibility, and I feel like I'm adding value I'm very focused on building my strength strategy business, and I I love working with clients, and um, I just finished building this online strengths program for teens and their parents, and I'm very excited about it. But I just want to share with the listeners that I'm really happy with where I'm at currently, but I can honestly say the journey hasn't always been easy. So that's a little bit about me and my background, if that helps. Yeah. And journey really kind of brought it all together for me right there, Joanne, because what I was thinking is, wow, she's had a lot of different roles, positions, titles. You've been in different parts of the company and you've also had an incredible variety of clients that you've worked with. So what I was hearing underscoring all of that, like you've had a lot of variety in your journey, which I can imagine has made you quite resilient because you often throughout, you know, you said over the course of like 15 years, 13 different roles and positions where you had to learn what you needed to know in order to fulfill yes the expectations of those pretty quickly i imagine and then quickly transitioned to doing something else and and so what i was hearing in all of that is like you've you've really built that muscle of resilience in yourself and that has contributed to your success yes definitely That's huge. And clearly you've had success in your life. You're very happy and you've gained confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Absolutely. So I think one of my sort of worst playing small moments was a few years ago. I was actually working in a job I really liked, but the travel was way too much. Um, I had young kids at the time and I was traveling four days a week, pretty much every week. And instead of sending out my resume nationally, I really confined my search to just the small city I was living in of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the reason I did that was basically because I didn't want to disrupt the family. So I really, I really undervalued myself in the equation. I ended up taking a job that looked great on paper, but the fit just wasn't right. And I knew it before I agreed to come on, if I'm really honest with myself. I met one of the top leaders in the company during the interview process, and I got that feeling, kind of a bad feeling. And I I ignored that important voice in my head. And so I ended up taking the job for all the wrong reasons, all the wrong reasons right? So uh, decent pay, decent work, coming off the road. But And I told my things like, oh, you're lucky to get this opportunity. You're lucky to get off the road. Um, But I knew deep down that it wasn't a great fit for me. And I think that was really an important lesson for me, that you, you have to look at the bigger picture. And even though it looks great on paper up front, if something inside of you is saying this isn't the right fit, you need to listen to yourself. You really have the answers internally. And I think we as women, we tend to um, 
you know, we're always trying to only apply for roles that are perfect fits for us. And sometimes when you look at our male counterparts, they're a lot more confident. They're a lot more willing to apply for roles where they only have a small portion of the needed qualifications, where we tend to really self-limit ourselves in so many ways. I'm not qualified. I don't want to disrupt the family. And I just, I want to encourage your listeners to really break out of that, think beyond that, not get caught in that trap. Yeah. And what I also heard in what you were sharing, Joanne, is that tendency when we really, really need something to be the right fit, we will oftentimes bury our head in the sand and and ignore those signals. Absolutely. Right. That this is like when we really want it to be the right fit, it's really got to be the right fit. Like we need to stop looking for the right fit. Right. We get tired of the search. So we want this to be the one we will ignore. Absolutely. Yes. That that inner gut feeling of and the signs like, you know, from taking away from a meeting where you probably walked out of that meeting like not that jazzed. Yes. That's a sign. Absolutely. <laughs> and I even said to the HR director that wasn't uh, what I was sort of expecting. And he sort of tried to brush it off. And and I knew, right? I knew in my heart, but I, exactly what you said, you know, I convinced myself that of all these other reasons and to sort of ignore that rather important piece of information. So, yes. So important to just trust your gut, be willing to be a little uncomfortable, look a little longer. And like you said, what you followed up with, stretching yourself a little bit to find that job that is the right fit for you, even if you don't feel quite ready for it. But in your, you know, probably your gut will be talking to you as well. Like it's really exciting, although you don't know if you could do it, go for it. Absolutely. Stretch yourself. All right. And Joanne, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Yeah. So, um, you know, fast forward a few years, I'm in a job again that looks great on paper, but I'm not um, I'm, I'm just I don't feel valued. And I start playing from a very safe place. I stopped serving up my best ideas because because I perceive the culture doesn't really embrace them. And, you know, everybody has a moment in their career where the straw breaks the camel's back. And I'm not convinced that those are like the most horrific events of our career. It's just there is a single event that you say, oh, that's it, right? And I sort of reached that point where I mentally was willing to leave without a plan and to rebuild. And I would totally encourage your listeners to develop a plan before uh, exiting. But for me, I had reached the point, I had probably stayed too long and I reached the point where I just wanted to make a change. And at the same point, just to give a little background, um, I was living in a city I really didn't want to live in and had constrained myself to that market for some time. And so I made some really big, bold decisions, right? So uh, I left the company I was in. My husband and I sat down and had a really large conversation about moving to the city we wanted to really get our family to. And I I took some time off, right, to really think about what do I want to do next. And I ended up talking to a really good friend of mine about um, coaching because in a lot of my roles, I had 
really enjoyed that piece of the job, developing people. Um, I had done some mentorship and coaching things in the past that were really rewarding to me. And I had shared with her, I was really thinking about it. And she'd just come through uh, the program I ended up signing up for and really encouraged me to take a look at it. So, you know, another thing I would encourage the listeners is to reach out to your your network and your community and tell them what you're thinking. Look for people who will be supportive of that kind of change. So from leaving that job to putting our house on the market to uh, moving the family to the new city to finishing up my, my strength strategy certification and growing the business and then I ended up going to lunch or dinner with a colleague of mine, and she had mentioned to me, an, an old colleague of mine that I had worked with previously, and said, hey, you know, we there's this marketing opportunity. Would you be interested? And I said, you know, no, I really want to focus on my strength strategy business 100% of the time. And um, we ended up talking on an unrelated matter uh, a few weeks later, and she brought it up again. Um, and she was like, would you just be willing to talk to him? And I was like, absolutely, I'm always willing to talk to people and went out and met with them a few times and really felt like the connection was the kind of environment I wanted to work with. And for me, part of coming back to more of a full-time uh, position and sort of saying to myself, okay, I'm going to work uh, during a lot of the normal hours on this director of marketing role, and then I'm going to work evenings and weekends on my strength strategy business, I had to build in a lot of flexibility. So I negotiated telecommuting days and I negotiated a really healthy vacation allotment, both paid and unpaid. So I can nurture um, not only my family, but my strength strategy business and feel like I'm giving 100% to my to my traditional marketing role. And I I absolutely love it. Yeah, Joanne, I was I just I have to interject because I am, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the call, I am really happy with the life I've created. And this is what you were talking about, like you negotiated the life you wanted on your terms. And I think a lot of times people feel like it has to be one or the other. I need to like be giving my all 100 percent to this or to that. And what you found is a lot like getting your MBA was, you know, growing your your strength strategy business could could be a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, right? And you could have the st stability and the support of a full-time job, but a full-time job that was flexible and allowed for you to nurture your other business. I think sometimes, you know, you just change the expectations for how quickly yes. one is going to grow over the other. And then it's totally doable. I think the mistake sometimes people make is, you know, I want to reach 100K in my entrepreneurial business, but I can only do it on nights and weekends. Well, that is going to take something. Right. Right? <laughs> right. Like sometimes the expectations are, are too high, but you you're I what I hear is your happiness comes from you're very clear on what the goals are, the timeline is, the milestones and, and how you need your life set up in order to achieve it. So there's no conflict, there's no tension, there's no resentment. Absolutely. And I think the two things that work really well for me and something for your listeners to consider is, for me, the strength strategy business doesn't feel like work. So even though I've maybe mm -hmm. worked what some people might consider a full day, it it never feels like work. Um, I don't get the feeling of, oh my gosh, that was exhausting when I get done with the client. So 
for me, it's not a bird. It's not a burden. It's like mm. really the favorite part of my day almost. And then the other piece is for me, I really, I think the other lesson that I've sort of learned in the journey in the last few years is I need to continue to invest in myself, right? And I think sometimes, particularly as a working mom, you are stretched in a lot of different directions and you make sure everyone else is great, but you sort of forget about yourself and that reinvesting in myself. So, you know, part of the reason I agreed to go back to work full time was I wanted to be able, there are some very clear things that I want to do in the next couple of months in terms of personal development for myself that have a price tag associated with them. And I feel no guilt in signing up for them because I know it's the right thing for me and my development. And um, so it just helps me get to that place where I want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. You're so clear on the plan. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead, right? And you as a strengths coach, you know this for sure. We're all different and we're going to lead differently. So Joanne, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, you know, I try and give people what I think I would like. And I think most of us do, but I'm very hands-on in the beginning with people. So if I have new people join the team or if I'm taking on a new team, I will I will meet and communicate a lot with them in the beginning because I want people to know what the expectations are. I want to give them an opportunity to talk about the issues and I want to understand where they are on progress. But then as as both of us become more comfortable, um, I find that people's productivity goes up when they know what's what the style is, when they feel open to communicate, their productivity goes up and then they get the autonomy that just about everybody seems to want and desire. And and there's a place for them to come and talk about things if they need it. So um, I'm really big into communication and I'm really big into sort of assessing what individual needs are and trying to provide those for them and then giving them the room and the opportunity to show how really great they are. And Joanne, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you are really excited about? Well, I always love working with my one-on-one clients. I I personally feel like it has been life-changing for me and I love uh, helping other people to get to the point where they feel that their lives are in a much better place. So that's always a, fa- a favorite thing that I like to do. But probably my newest project is the one that I'm most excited about at the moment, and that's Igniting Teen Strengths. It's really an online program designed for teens and their parents. Um, and we do, and I have a couple of one-on-one sessions mixed in there as well, but they go through activities and exercises to help teens discover who they really are and the confidence that comes out of that and the clarity about what they want to do with the rest of their lives and helping parents develop a path forward for them with their strengths in mind is really exciting. So that has been a real highlight for me in the last month or so. You must see so many benefits from this in working with your clients, because for me, the teen years represent trying to figure out who you are Yes, in the world, like really getting at the heart of who am I? And my anecdotal experiences has been that the teens who are more clear on who they are and what they have to contribute have an easier time making those difficult choices. I Absolutely. Could not agree with you more. And uh, I'm my, I have a son who's right in the age range and 
we have been working together in the last six months and the difference in his confidence and his clarity in, in talking about what he thinks he wants to do as a future, it is, it's wonderful to see. And it's wonderful to see that confidence blossom in him in such a deep way. And um, I'm, I'd love to be able to share it with every teen I meet because it's a, it's a difficult period of time in all of our lives to go through those teen years. And there's so many influences to, to be clear about who you are is really helpful. Yeah, such a strength, <laughs> strength, but, but right, it's it's such a boon to to have that at at that age to be so clear. Yeah, the confidence that comes out in them, I can see it, and I can you can kind of tell when you're interacting with a teen who's not quite sure. Yes, yeah, you know they they hold themselves just a little smaller. They they don't engage in conversation as easily. But teens who are clear on who they are, they're they're out there. They're expressing themselves. They've got nothing to hide because they just own it. So that's you're doing God's work, Joanne. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, yes, what is, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? So I think this has also been sort of a lesson learned from my previous experience, but I I've learned to slow the process down. Um, so when I I am thinking about an important decision, maybe it's involving changing our tactic tactics or changing our spend. I always slow down and go and talk with the individuals impacted. Um, if it's about a spend, I'm going to talk with our CFO about the cost differential and why before I even get to the final decision. I want that person to be, to understand what I'm thinking and why, and to be bought into the process early. The same with department heads as well. I want to explain what's happening in their area, the proposed change, and then I want to listen to their feedback and see if I need to adjust. And I find if you slow the process down before you declare what your recommendation is, your final recommendation, by the time you get to the decision-making, the final decision-making phase, everyone's bought in and aligned and on board. And it's a lot easier to lead change in an organization, in my opinion. Absolutely. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Um, Probably would be Brene Brown's uh, Daring Greatly. I think women you know, working in today's world, we perceive that we have to be very strong. And it, and I, I'm not suggesting we don't need to be strong, but we also need to be very authentic and vulnerable. And it's okay to know who you are and what you need and be able to articulate that and not see it as a weakness. Um, and I think the other concept that I think is great in that book is about following your dreams and passions. And even if you meet failure along the path to to take those steps forward and to go out and to to be bold and to take small steps towards your goals is really, it's a great read. I would highly recommend. I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown and I've yet to meet a woman who has heard of her and does not absolutely love her yes. and the work that she's doing. And I think at this point, I've near read all of her books, except for her most recent one. She just recently released uh, a new book. This, um, this month? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can't, shoot, I can't remember the title of it, but um, but it's on, I, I, I've already bought it and it's already in my, my queue of books to read. But what I found is, you know, um, and oftentimes I, I listen to her books on Audible mm-hmm. and 
her and some of it is like stuff like she's mentioned before in previous books she tells some some stories over again because they're so poignant and they deliver the point so perfectly but i find with every time i read her stuff i find new freedom to just be myself not be so hard on myself um and so i love her work so i love whenever anyone recommends her books all right joanne knowing what you know now if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? Well, with the string strategy knowledge I have today, there there are definitely some situations I would go back and do over. Uh, situations where I needed to see more clearly what was going on below the surface and how I could have handled them differently for a possibly different result. And I can give you a couple of examples. I think one just general comment that... I've learned very early on is that you have to believe in yourself and remain calm in difficult situations. People will look to see how you respond. And if you remain calm and confident in yourself, um, that will waylay a lot of problems for you. But one very specific uh, lesson for me and going back and doing things, I have activators, my number three strength, which means I like energy and action and making decisions pretty quickly. And in overuse, it ends up looking like that old adage, ready, fire, aim, where you take action too quickly. Um, and I can think about times where I sent an email too quickly that I should have read over more, um, that maybe had a wide distribution list on it. I should have slowed down, talked with more people first. And then, um, so that is probably a big one for me where I can think of two or three situations around that. And then... I also have relator as one of my top strengths. So I really, I'm very genuine, authentic, and I look for that same level of genuineness and authenticity in others. And in the work world, not everyone values this philosophy the same way. So it would not be uncommon for someone to maybe work against you behind your back and then sit with you at a meeting or lunch and be nice to your face. And and I have really struggled with the game and gamesmanship at organizations at times and seeing the situation more clearly now would help me to take things less personally and to know when I'm interacting with someone like that, that I need to cover my bases more. Um, I need to be more thorough and um, just see it for what it is, that it's not personal, that it's professional, and it's just a different mode of operation for some folks. So those would be some really big things that I might go back and do differently if given the opportunity. Yeah. And that's such a compassionate viewpoint to take on, right? When people are in the workplace, you know, that's their livelihood. And so they do have a different mode of operation than when they're interacting with their community. Yes. Right. They, they may not be this, like appear as the same person, Yes, <laughs> you know, outside of work than they do as work and to have compassion for like, okay, what's their motivation and how should I be operating so that, you know, I'm comfortable working with this person and getting the most out of it. And from all the different scenarios and situations you brought up, it makes perfect sense that the practice you take on to make you a better leader is to slow the process down. Yeah. Right? Yes. And that ties into everything. So that's awesome. All right, Joanne, share with us a quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, one of the quotes that I've always liked that's kind of stuck with me for quite a few years, um, and I think it's by Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson, although I've seen it's attributed to others, it's what lies behind us and what lies before us are small matters compared to what lies within us. 
And really, this has meaning for me in that, you know, circumstances and situations will continue to change throughout your life. And sometimes we don't even have control, complete control over those situations. But it, it's what, but it is what is within us that really makes the difference. Our abilities, our strengths, our determination, our vision, our ability to take one step forward in a new direction. And knowing who you are and aren't and being comfortable with that lightens you up to focus on your bigger goals and your contributions and where you want to go. And so that's probably my favorite. That's huge. That that someone can take with them. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. All right. Lastly, Joanne, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? Well, if you visit my website, which is www joannebartlett.com, J-O-A-N-N-B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T.com. Listeners can learn more about me and the services I offer. And there's a place where you can schedule a free introductory call and just talk about what's going on with you and how I might best be able to assist all free charge. So I encourage anyone who's interested in connecting to go on the website and either sign up for a session or send me a message. Yes. And for those of you who might be listening in the car and freaking out that you didn't get the spelling down, don't worry. You can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Joanne, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Jody. thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate being on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching, or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.